Welcome to Chihuahua Bat 2.0 and welcome all my Chihuahua Bat friends and followers. I am Swan. I am a Chihuahua Bat and you will also hear me refer to another Chihuahua Bat by the name of Mala. She's my partner in crime. Uh, currently at her summer cabin enjoying nice cool temperatures. We don't like her because we're melting in Texas, although some of the temps have come down just a little bit. Um, Mala and I are retired educators, and when we retired, we kind of pursued things that we love to do. She's an artist. She paints. She's quite good. Uh, she's in a gallery down in Wimberley called Art on 12, so if you're ever in there, uh, you can ask to see. You'd have to ask to see Cheryl's wall because she doesn't go by Mala <laughs> in the gallery. And then I, when I retired, uh, wanted to... Uh, advocate for those still in the classroom, probably say the things that, you know, an employee under contract shouldn't say, and, and to write about my experiences. And so in 2019, I did write and publish a book, Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat, and it highlights a five-year period in my teaching career. Um, Mala and I taught together in a particular school district for five years, and so this book highlights kind of the first two years of that five-year period where I uh, was asked to teach in a, just an unbelievable, I'm just going to use an ugly word, it was a hellhole, um, old, like industrial arts, I guess you would call it construction trades nowadays under the CAPE program. It was an old building, old equipment, and um, obviously there was some construction going on at the school district. Uh, they didn't have, you know, enrollment was up. They were hiring teachers, no place to put them, yada, yada. Same old story. It's, it's, it's even going on today. Um, so I was sort of asked to teach her. I can remember the first day I walked in and looked at it, and I really thought they were joking me. I mean, if anyone had ever told me, and I say this over and over again, but it is the honest-to-gosh truth if anyone had ever told me. I would be asked to teach in this industrial arts room with nothing but desk, I would have said, oh, my God. And, you know, and here's the thing. In all my other districts where I taught, if I ever needed, like, shelving or storage, I, I would go to woodshop or construction trades, and I'd say, hey, do any of your guys need a project? I need shelves, or I need a small cabinet, or, you know, I need a podium. And, you know, cross-curricular, they would build those things for me. Um, and this particular district didn't have that. And how do I know that? Because I was teaching in the room where that particular course should be. So I didn't even have that resource. Um, and so, you know, I found myself teaching kind of in a, in a dungeon. Uh, I had to be extremely creative. Uh, I remember Mala saying, we're going to have to think out of the box on this. And I said, how far out do you want me to go? Because, <laughs> you know, I'd already been teaching 15 years and I'd never seen, you know, I'd been a traveling teacher, duh, but I'd never seen anything like it. So there I was standing in, in chaos going, you know, and this is like in five days, school's going to start. It's not like I had all summer to plan for this teaching environment. So I, uh, you know, when I put our heads together and, you know, we decided at that point, because sadly, teachers are used to having things thrown at them and we just kind of take it, you know, <laughs> that's just our profession. Um, we decided, you know, yeah, I could have whined and complained and griped and said, this isn't right. And it wasn't. Or I could have said, you know what? Let's step up and let's be part of the solution and let's find a way to get through this, you know, because 
all in all, they were saying it's just for a few weeks because, you know, when school starts, it's, there's a lot of unrest in those first few weeks. And so it didn't dawn on me that after the first six weeks that I would still be in this particular space. So anyway, the moral of the story is when you find yourself in an unbelievable situation or a tragic situation or just an unpleasant situation, success is always going to be up to you. So Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat, you can find it on Amazon, you can find it on my website, chihuahuabat.com. And I promise you, whatever you're going through, if you read my book, you're going to feel a whole lot better about your situation because you're going to go, I can't believe anyone had to go through that. And even to this day, I, I wake up and go, I don't even know how I did that, right? Because you look back and go, what the world was I doing? Okay, so another school year. Um, I've reached out to all my friends that are still in the classroom, and a few have retired, but they, they still have a few things to say, obviously. And, um, you know, in the counseling field, you know, counselors were frustrated because they were building master schedules, and they were working with new software or new programs, and, you know, true to fashion, there was no training, or, or someone left and said, oh, whoops, I didn't train you. And so, you know, when you run a master schedule, it's a lot of input. And then when you get the results back and it's, it didn't work, now you have to hand create all of that. So that was pretty sad and tragic. And, you know, counselors are really stressed at the beginning of the year anyway, because without their scheduling, teachers don't have classes. Okay, so that was kind of going on. Uh, some districts were still hiring people. Uh, there was a lot of uh, flight in the teaching profession, mainly due to coming off of COVID. And then, you know, also we sort of had a tragic end in Texas uh, to the academic year with the uh, shooting in Uvalde. So a lot of positions were still being filled. And when you don't have people in those positions, there's a lot of scrambling um, there's a balancing of classes. There's, I'm going to give you this class, and then if we get someone hired, I may take it away kind of thing going on. This is on all levels, elementary, all the way up. And, and then, of course, there were uh, new safety measures put in place, and that was stressful. A lot of um, talk about, you know, disaster drills, lockdown, soft, hard, you know, shooter in place, you know, I mean, shelter in place. And if you had a pretty secure system, nothing's 100%, guys, I got to tell you, then that was gone over just, you know, until people were just tired of hearing about it, sadly. And some districts did actually uh, arm some people on their campuses. And so, you know, we're, we're going to see how that's going. So needless to say, this year has started off um, more exhausting than it needed to be. Uh, and so uh, my topic today is um, enthusiasm is contagious. And what you're going to have to do, and, and this is something, you know, I learned back when I was teaching in my little uh, <laughs> dungeon, um, is that you're going to have to find your own joy. You're going to have to make your own fun because sadly, um, it's, it, the district's not going to be able to provide that for you or even the campus. And yeah, they'll give you, you know, your new theme t-shirts and everybody's nice to you during in-service. You know, here's this breakfast, you know, here's this lunch, you know, they will do things for you throughout the year, but it's not going to take care of the roller coaster, uh, the exhaustion, the one more thing that's always going to come up. You'll find you're just getting your stride and then boom, 
there was a faculty meeting and you know what we think we need to implement this um often it's not that it's a particularly hard thing but it's just one more thing in an overflowing plate of responsibilities that's going on in education today. So enthusiasm is contagious. And so when I found myself in unbelievable, you know, teaching situation, and, you know, honestly, the first couple of weeks, you're so busy just trying, you know, to get through the regular bell schedules and finally get kids where they're supposed to be and teachers where they're supposed to be. And you're kind of getting a rhythm. You're getting in sync for the school day, right? Uh And then, uh, I found myself realizing that uh, we're we're four weeks into the school year, and I, I still am trying to touch base with my principal. Is is there a whiteboard coming my way? Is there is is there some kind of a cabinet I can get? And he's like, Well, I don't know. Let me go check and see that kind of thing. And you know, because of where I was, way at the end of the hall in this you know this dungeon room, he's way across campus in a whole nother building. Um, you know, I didn't see him every day. I didn't have time to go see him every day and to follow up, follow up, follow up. So my best friend at the time was my custodian, Benny. And he would come in and he'd say, Miss, I found this cabinet. It's a bit rusty. Do you want it? And I'd say, oh my gosh, yes, I'll take two or three of those, you know. So he would just find me these somewhere out in storage, these, you know, these little shelves and a a metal cabinet. I think a lot of teachers have them, or they're probably built in now, you know, in new buildings, but they were old metal cabinets and you would open them up and you could lock them. I couldn't lock mine, obviously, because it was just a hand-me-down from somewhere. So he kind of got me through the, where am I going to put my things? Um, You know, as far as the whiteboard and and those kinds of things. Uh, No, that all had to be ordered. So, you know, I was kind of going through that. Uh, having to use like flip charts, like old school flip charts. I was taping butcher paper to the wall if I needed to use something, you know, communicate visually with the whole class. I didn't even have an overhead projector. We didn't have TVs at that time. Uh, I didn't even have a computer in my room at that time, especially down there. You didn't. So all of a sudden, you know, I find myself waking up going, oh, I can't do this. I found my planning had tripled because I'm trying to knew what I was going to teach, I had to figure out how I was going to teach it without the typical resources that, you know, a teacher would have. So let me say there was, there was no hop and skip in my step. So what saved me was in the mornings, there was a group of teachers that would get together. And it was at 8.15, we were officially on duty. So we would gather in uh, Mala's room, room 13, and we would like 10 minutes and we called it the breakfast club and we would get together and we would like drink some coffee. And uh, one of the teachers, um, Jeb, who was basically a biology teacher, but he was just such a crazy guy. He would assign things like, okay, it's your time to bring snacks. So somebody would bring in like, you know, some donuts or coffee cake, what, whatever you found at the grocery store. And somebody would be assigned to bring in coffee. And we brewed it in his, his biology lab. And so he was, he was in charge of that. 
and we, you know, we would gather. There was Jeb who taught biology. There was Alice, the drama teacher, when she could actually come, because a lot of times she would practice before school. And Dex was language arts, and he could come for the most part. And then, um, of course, Lindsay Faith, she was the librarian. Um, and then, you know, there was Mala, there was me, and there was also a teacher, but I didn't put his character in the book. There were several that didn't make the book, just because when you write a book, you, you have to make uh, hard choices. Luke and Luke taught government, and um, he was so so smart, and he would um, always like question the administration. He was forever calling him on the carpet, you know, because he knew like every legislative bill and he knew everything about curriculum. He taught AP. He was a really smart guy, so he was always always getting in trouble because you know he would speak his mind, and we would have to just like elbow him and go, Luke, don't say that. So. Anyway, so there was our group. And then um, we also had a computer teacher, um, and her roots were from uh, Puerto Rico. And so she, her word for herself, her nickname, I'm not being mean here, was she wanted to be referred to as the mean Puerto Rican because she was proud of her heritage, and she spoke her mind, and she was very proud of being a strong woman. So that's, that's what she wanted. That's what we would call her. So anyway, and she taught computers. So there we are. We would all gather for about 10 minutes. And of course, you know, Luke and Jeb would have the newspaper. So they would be talking about some story. And then, of course, Lindsay Fates would be there. And she was always precise. And she would always correct grammar. And say one time Jeb was reading a story about, you know, get this. This guy hung himself. And she would go, you know, the correct word is hanged. And we would all kind of go, yes, Lindsay, we know. So there we would be sitting. And so... Um, most of the time. So we would start our day with coffee and just conversation and funny stories. We would tell stories on ourselves so we could laugh. And that little bit of laughter would kind of get me through. That would be just the ounce of enthusiasm I needed to walk down the hall, to walk into my room and go, okay, let's do this. All right. We would also meet at lunch if we had the same lunch schedule. That afforded us a little more time. And so uh, the funniest thing, we couldn't wait for Jeb and his biology cast because he was such a practical jokester. I mean, he was forever ordering like chemicals and um, he would have like an aquarium and he was ordering weird fish, you know. And because of his lab and his classroom inventory, you know, when he ordered at the end of the year, it would just be pages and pages. And so he was forever sticking in a, a toxic chemical. I'll never forget like a lionfish he wanted for his aquarium. He would do it on purpose just to see if Mr. James would pick up on it, right? And so the funniest thing was, you know, every now and then we'd see Mr. James in the library, like looking something up in the encyclopedia because he, he couldn't trust Jeb's um, inventory for the following school year so you know we would love that and then he would do the weirdest experiments well not weird I mean a lot of it was standard through you know the biology curriculum but then he would get a little crazy and he would want to do one about with heart rates and so we'd have all the kids you know take their heart rate take their pulse and then he would make them put their faces in ice water like really ice cold water and they put their face in there and they hold their breath and then they come up and then they would take you know their pulse and their their heart rate again. And so uh, one student actually fainted from this because it was such a drop in their, yeah, in their blood pressure and their heart rate. And of course, 
guess who's walking by right at the time? These kids are like, oh my God, Johnny fainted, right? The superintendent. So that was a lovely visit. And the superintendent, superintendent excused me from then on, had to approve his experiments, you know, because, you know, she saw it as a liability. The child was not hurt, but still, what a shock to walk by and see kids fainting in a classroom. Not a good move by Jeff, okay? And so, and then, um, Mull and I had this great idea um, for conversation. Um, we like to do like conversation in the round and we didn't have round tables. So we like to get like carpet, a big piece of carpet and just sit on the floor and do small group discussion in foreign language because a lot of kids are real intimidated by that. And so I didn't have any carpet. And she's like, you know what? We ripped carpet out of our house. Um, Bob's going to cut you a big square and we'll bring it over and put it. And that'll just be your conversation area. And I said, that's great. So they did. They cut this big piece of carpet and had it on their back um, patio. And she lived out on acreage at the time. And the neighbor's dog every day would come over and pee on that piece of carpet. And so but she'd come and she'd go, damn it. I had to clean that carpet again. Neighbor's dog is over there peeing on it, you know, so we would laugh and laugh. And then finally she said, I I'm just going to clean it, then I'm going to put it inside and let it dry. Okay, good idea. So the carpet made it up to my classroom and we were all sitting around. This was like a, a, a sixth grade group and it was kind of like intro to Spanish. So we did a lot of games and vocabulary type activities and we were playing bop. And back then, Bop was when you had actually had books with book covers, we'd roll up those book covers and we'd make like a long paper stick and we would give each other a lot, you know, how do you say um, lettuce? And then we would bop someone on the head and they'd have to say la lechuga. So, yes. And of course, you know, we had no trouble playing Bob. People didn't start punching each other. But, you know, as things went on, we would say, okay, you have to hit each other on the wrist, you know, because every now and then somebody's going to really whack someone on the head. But anyway, so there we are. And then a kid goes, does anyone smell pee? I smell pee. And of course, I'm playing. I'm going, I don't smell a thing, y'all. Come on, let's go. Who's next, you know? And then all the kids are like, I smell pee. And one kid leans over and goes, it's the carpet. So then everybody's like jumping up going, ew, 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 there's pee on the carpet. So I was like, okay, okay, back to the desk. That activity is over. So, you know, there were stories like that. We would tell, um, we uh, had a member of our club called Luke. And um, Luke taught uh, government. He was very smart. And he had all the government, all the AP classes. And it, but he also would... Um, question the administration quite often and they didn't like it you know faculty meetings they don't like to be put on the spot and so he was forever what we called in the barrel he'd come in and go well we got another meeting after school with mr james we were like what have you done now he goes i don't know i think it has to do with i don't have enough a's in my class or some parent called and said i was mean to their child because i wouldn't let them take a makeup test i mean it was never ending with him and you know it got to the point where we said, if you raise your hand one time in faculty meeting, we're going to like take our elbow and elbow you because you're not going to irritate the administration because we all suffer when you do that. And so one year they were just riding him big time. He was getting all the duties, you know, they weren't giving him this conference period, you know, when he wanted it, little things like that to irritate you. And so he was really down. He was going to, you know, quit. And we said, you know, 
Look, don't let them get to you. Let you know. Look at me. Look where I'm teaching. Come on, you can do this. And so what we did was one day after school. If you know the book Charlotte's Web, you know, and how she uh, had a relationship with the pig, and she did a web, you know, that said like marvelous pig. And um, so what we did, we sort of created a, like a little spider's web, and we put marvelous teacher in the web one day after school just to kind of give him some support. So, you know, as you can see, as we came together and formed this little bond, we made our own fun. We created our own enthusiasm. And, and part of it was just picking on each other, you know. Um, Alice, you know, when she did come, it wasn't often because theater people, they're always practicing for something. And about one time she was so outraged because she actually taught with me in the dungeon, if you believe it. They put us both in there, Spanish and theater arts, no walls, no nothing. Here, y'all teach. Sure, no problem. So uh, one time uh, she came in to lunch and she was just outraged because she's like, y'all, have you seen what they're using to trap the mice? And we're like, no. She goes, it's sticky pads. These four mice crawl on these little sticky pads and then they die or they gnaw off their feet because they can't get off the sticky pad. And we're like, yeah. And she's like, that is so cruel. I can't believe it. And we were like, what do you, what do you want them to do? They can't put out poison because they're kids. It's toxic, you know? And, and it was Jeb's like, what do you want them to do? Drown them in water? Is that any better? And of course she got mad at us because we were not outraged. And then Mala, of course, says, I know. I have this old guia, French guillotine that I got when we were in France. And she said, you know what? You could just stick them in there and just go off with their heads. Uh, well, she did not like that answer at all. She stood up and she said, I can't believe this. And she stormed out, right? Okay. So then we got the idea that we would get the little yellow post-it notes and we would draw mice on there that says, help me, help me. And we stuck them all over her room because she loved to have this little organized desktop and she had all these little yellow post-it notes, you know, things she had to do. Because these are her classes, you know, she, they were doing all kinds of productions. And there was just a lot to remember. Or sometimes she would do her seating charts like that, you know. And then she would arrange them in, you know, the piece of paper that we had to put in her folder. So, anyway, we just kind of stuck them inside her drawers and under her books and just on students' desks. And so, one day we're eating lunch. We can hear her. She had a very authoritative walk and here she comes down the hall and I'm like oh dear incoming and she just took both and she threw them on the little time she goes I don't find this funny at all and we're like okay Alice see you tomorrow so we were forever doing things like that 10 minutes in the morning was all it took to build a little enthusiasm uh, maybe 20 minutes at lunch, we would get together and we would share just goofy stories, things that we had done, you know, to make life a little better. And it was a way to take 20 minutes out of your, I can't believe I'm having to do this day. I can't believe I have this student in my class. I can't believe they're asking me <laughs> to teach this extra class. It was 20 minutes of freedom, 20 minutes of distraction from, you know, the world within. Um, and it may not sound like a, a lot, y'all, but it made a difference. It 
elevated my attitude. It got me through the day. I promise you, when you're walking in these shoes, and you guys are this year, because here we go. Every year I pray for a better year, but I, I don't see it yet. Um, you know, if it's not the increased uh, security measures, if it's not the chaos in the schedules, if it's not the overcrowding, then it's student behaviors that are coming into the classroom and becoming more disruptive. And yes, and often there's not a whole lot you feel as the teacher that's being done, you know, because districts are like, well, negative measures don't work. Well, the positive reward system doesn't work, you know. So they're basically leaving them in the classroom for you to manage. And yeah, they have some behavioral specialists coming on board, but there's never enough. All right. So again, you're having to deal with all of this. So I promise you, what I was hearing on the streets where people were already so exhausted, and I thought, this is not good, right? We're not even to Labor Day, and people are already going home going, oh, I don't think I can do it. So I was really worried, and I thought, you know what? We need a dose of enthusiasm. So here we go. Wherever you're teaching, find a friend, find two or three friends, people that you trust that you can kind of close the door, you can vent, and you can share stories with. And I want you to find something to laugh about. I want you to find something to celebrate, because if you don't, you will not make it in the education business. It is a constant roller coaster. It's constant change. And you know your students from day to day, you never know. So Find your door, find your joy, find your enthusiasm, make your own fun, and you'll be glad you did. So it's time to become a Chihuahua bat and go outside the box and do the crazy, not too crazy, you don't want to call attention to yourself, but just crazy enough to let down your guard, breathe and laugh a little, and I promise you, you will be glad you did. Okay. So I've really enjoyed talking today. I hope you'll find enthusiasm. I hope you'll find joy. I hope you'll make your own fun because remember, in this business, success is always going to be up to you. So thank you for listening. Any questions, any comments, you can always, you know, reach out to me on Facebook or on my website. And as I like to say, dare to be a Chihuahua bat.